Welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. This series will question the assumption that people are psychologically broken and need to be fixed. We will talk about how seeing people as innately healthy will change all of your interactions and outcomes. This is a true paradigm shift, and it simplifies the entire process of dealing with mental distress and allows for more profound and immediate changes. Aloha, and welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. This is Christine Heath coming to you from, of course, Hawaii, and I'm here today with my partner in crime, Judy Sedgman, coming to you from Florida for the last time. Well, the next to the last time. So Judy is on her way to um, Pennsylvania, and uh, I am not on my way to anywhere, so I'm staying. (laughs) So today we're going to talk a little bit about the illusion of trying, because one of the things that we notice about people is how hard they're trying to be okay. They're trying to have a quiet mind. They're trying to get along with people. They're trying to um, handle their stress. They're trying to access their innate well-being by doing something. And it's very tricky because when you think or you start to see that thought has something to do with while why why you are kind of malfunctioning, then because we've been trained by psychologists and by the world to think about our problems and then fix them, we run into a big problem because we're using the thoughts that are creating the the bad feelings and the stress to come up with what to do to stop that. So you see, it's a catch twenty two. The more you think, the more stressed you're going to get. The more you think about not thinking, the more stressed you're going to get. (laughs) If you're feeling like you're trying and you're not getting anywhere, then you're probably doing things backwards again. You're trying to fix yourself so that you can feel better. There's nothing to fix. You're totally, totally healthy on the inside. And you have no... Uh, need to do anything to get it. And it's so simple that we miss that because we've been like, literally we're like little trained monkeys and we go up in our little head to try to figure out what's wrong so that we can feel better. And so people sometimes like Chris, I'm, I'm really trying to quiet my mind, but my thoughts just won't quiet down and I can't stop them. They come in my head. And now we have one little client that said, but Chris, all this stuff in the world is all this negativity around me. That's really happening. I can't stop myself from thinking about that. Why would I want to? I've got to save the world. The the thing is, if saving the world by thinking about all the problems isn't working for you, then you want to do something differently. So we're going to talk a little bit about the power of innate health again and why trying is being caught in the illusion of thought. Trying is trying to fix something, and there's really nothing wrong with you. You're just using the gift of thought in a way that is creating more of the uncomfortable feelings you're in. You know, I had, Chris, I had a client just last week who um, was who just was in a bad mood and said, you know, at the time that we were scheduled to talk, so he gets on the phone and he says, I'm in a bad mood. I probably shouldn't even be having this conversation with you, but, you know, 
it's we have it scheduled. So here I am. And, and he said, I've been in this mood since yesterday. I just can't seem to shake it. And I said, well, what do you mean shake it? And he said, well, you know, I, I, I went to yoga. I thought maybe that would help, but I just kept thinking about it. And then I got into a fight with my partner and then I felt worse. And then, you know, I, I went to bed early, but I couldn't sleep. And then I got up this morning and I felt worse and I took a walk, but all I could think about was this problem. And he said, nothing's helping me. And I said, well, uh, the thing that's helping you isn't out there. It's not at yoga class and it's not with your partner and it's not at the beach. You know, it's, it's your quietude. It's inside you. And he said, well, how am I supposed to be quiet when my mind is racing? And that's the common question that clients ask, you know, because when their mind is racing, they start worrying about the fact that their mind is racing instead of thinking, gosh, my mind is racing. Maybe I'll just take a deep breath here and, you know, turn away from it. So they try to think better or go, you know, pick up some more, more exciting thoughts or more positive thoughts. And then they, they just get into an inner conflict because they can't solve the problem. So I said to him, um, well, why don't we not talk about it for a little while? And he said, what do you mean? I'm calling, you know, you're my counselor and I'm, I need help. I can't get my mind quiet. And I said, just trust me. Well, just, just talk to me. And I brought up this, uh, he, he's planning a um, thing that he's a program that he's going to do. And I brought up his program and I said, how's it going? And he said, well, oh, it's going great. A lot of people are signing up for it. And, you know, I'm pretty excited about it. And it's, you know, the venue's working out, everything's coming together. And the only thing I'm worried about is COVID. But, you know, people are fine. The people that are coming, I've told them that they have to wear masks and no one has gotten upset about it. And so I think it's going to be fine. So I said, great. Well, have you thought about, you know, what you're going to, you know, how you're going to present or whatever? And he says, starts telling me what his plan is. And, uh, you know, we chat for about, I don't know, probably 10 minutes, I'd say. And at the end of the 10 minutes, I said, how are you feeling? And he said, oh, my gosh, I feel much better. And I said, okay, why do you think that is? And he said, I don't know, you distracted me. And I stopped thinking about, you know, how depressed I was. And I said, okay, now you got to learn that distraction is the answer. You can distract you, but you can't distract you by going to yoga class thinking about why isn't this helping me? You got to yoga, go to yoga class and throw yourself into yoga class, be present, you know, just enjoy it. Just get into the moment. You know, and you can't get in a conversation with your partner and start talking about your low mood and expecting the partner to fix it, you know, and then when they can't fix it, get upset with them and make it worse. I said, you're working as though there was an outside agent that was going to do something for you and you're ignoring your wisdom. And he said, well, I just feel like when I'm upset, I don't have any wisdom. And I said, well, unfortunately, the wisdom machine is never broken. It's just that sometimes we close the valve without meaning to. (laughs) But so, I mean, I've been there. I think we've all been there. And you know how frustrating it can be because you you always think you got to do something. And actually, his wisdom was telling him there was something wrong with him. Yeah. Just not what he thought. It was. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and that's how we get tricked by our thinking, yeah? It's like it looks like it's the stuff in our life that's making us think a certain way, right? Or or that the fact that somehow our little pea brain 
has an intelligence of it of its own that is coming up with these wonderful things to worry about and that there's some validity in the, that thinking rather than seeing that your thinking is not does not have an intelligence of its own you are just having a flow of thoughts and when your thinking gets you know kind of more negative or more insecure you start to create a lower mood now if you keep thinking in that and you keep thinking about that and what you're going to do to fix it you get more caught up in it. So that's the trick is to see like, oh, I'm just doing a lot of insecure thinking right now. My mood is low. I need to get quiet, be present in what's real because no, nobody's coming after me right now. I'm fine. And wait for your health to return. When it returns, you get better ideas. It's funny is that we get in the worst mood possible and we know we're in a bad mood. And everybody knows that their thinking isn't as good in a bad mood as it is when they're feeling really happy. So it's, it's like, but knowing all that doesn't help you. And that's the deal because it's just an intellectual idea at that point. You have to know it in your, the Hoyans call it your na'au, your, 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 your center, your core, your, your, the, the center of your spirit, your, Pico, they would call it, that it's like your belly button is where life begins. So that's that your, your na'au is that gut feeling. And it, when we feel it there, we know it. And we don't have to think about it anymore. So like you and I, we're lucky. We've been doing this really long time. And we know, we know without a doubt that we have innate health. And that the problems we're experiencing are coming from the misuse of thought. Okay, so when we do, we still do it, right? But it, it's, it's like not that big a deal. Like, oh, yeah, there I am. In a, like last night, I was just telling you that last night I was in a really, um, a really low mood. I, I was really, it must have been really tired. And I was wanted to go to this dog training and I couldn't go. And, um, it, it, things weren't working out. I was going to be late. And, and then I just stopped myself and I thought, oh, Chris, you are in a really bad mood. This is not a good day to go to dog training. By the time you you're going to be even worse. So I just, you know, called them up and let them know I couldn't make it. And then I, it took me a while, but I had to sit down on the couch and put all my stuff away and watch the football game. And by the second half, I was good to go. Last night when I went to bed, I slept for nine hours. So I was just really tired. And when we were tired, our thinking just gets off. And I was, I could see I was like, I was on my way to, to get start a beef with my husband because it was clearly his fault because he wasn't, you know, doing what I wanted him to do so I could get out of the house in time to go to this class. We all have these moments, but when you know what to do about it, you can self-write before damage is done. You know, like I could have kept going with that thinking, gotten a big fight with my husband, and I'd still be suffering today over it. Yeah, you know, it's one of the very first things I learned in the principles was, you know, constantly people were saying, don't make big decisions when you're in a bad mood. You know, don't say things that occur to you when you're in a bad mood. Just learn to recognize your own state of mind. And of course, I one of the things that I realized first was that's when I always feel most compelled 
It's like when you're in a bad mood, you think, all right, I'm going to write that email and let that SOB know, you know, how mad I am. Or, you know, now is a good time to, you know, to, to uh, put this thing to rest and sell this furniture or whatever. And you just can't, you know, you can feel it. You can feel the urgency and the drive behind it. And it's like it's going to make you feel better to accomplish this thing, whatever it is. And I started laughing because I realized that my whole business was run in a bad mood. It's like, that's when we acted. We would fly into gear when a client got mad and we were upset and we were defensive and we were in a low mood. And as soon as I put a stop to that, which which seemed so simple to me when I saw it, you know, when I realized, yeah, that doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good at all when I do that, you know, and it never works out. And I always end up having to go fix it. Whatever we did, it never was the right thing to do. And I thought, well, yeah, just don't do it. And I remember having this big staff meeting, discussing it with my staff and saying, okay, we're going to call timeout whenever somebody's in a really low mood and start saying, hey, we got to get on this right now. We got to fix this. And, you know, they all laughed and they said, well, that's when we get things done. And I said, yeah, and we make a lot of mistakes when we do that too. So let's not do it. And it's funny because we all kind of got together and we, we, we appointed a tone monitor. The tone monitor was the only person, the first person to realize that they weren't in a bad mood. Who would say, uh, guys, step back. It was really funny. But, you know, that seems like such a small thing. But that's really, when you think about the, it made our business seem so much less effortful. Because things that you do when you're driven to do them, first of all, they feel hard and exhausting. And second of all, they don't, they're not the right answer. They're not your wisdom. So I think it's interesting. It, it's easy, you know, it's like when you're coming from your wisdom, it feels like it's effortless, mm-hmm. right? It's like you just see what to do, things fall into place, and you know what to do. But when you're, when you're trying, right, you're not coming from wisdom. You're in your little memory. You're in the thought cemetery trying to put, that, to put together the right things to do so that you can feel better. Now, I'm telling you, you can do that from now to kingdom come. It will not make you feel better because feeling good doesn't come from stored intelligence, stored experience. That's all it is. It's like going to Siri and saying, Siri, would you please make me happy? I'm not happy right now. I'd like to figure out what to do so that I could feel happy. And Siri would say, I don't understand what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> Siri, I want you to make me happy. That does not compute because it's not information. Or Siri would tell you a joke or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Make you laugh. Like, like it, usually it's just information in, information out. There's no intelligence behind that that's going to give you the right answer. The intelligence you're looking for is coming from mind. And that's your ability to reflect on your own personal thinking and of things that are unproductive but if you don't know that and your personal thinking because of how consciousness works consciousness makes what you think seem real so it seems like this is god speaking try a little harder with this why don't you try that that should work and then you like get a little insight especially when you're learning about the principles you start to get a little insight like okay it's about my thinking. I'm thinking too much. Okay, so that means I got to figure out how to not think so much. So now you're thinking about how to not think so much. 
You see, that's the, that's the conundrum we get in is that you can't get out of that that way. You have to step back and stop thinking about it. Like literally, that's the opposite of how we're programmed. So trying to figure out and change things after the fact is the whole point of this podcast. We're trying to help you to see that if what you're doing is not helping you, you have to like let go of that and quiet down and your wisdom will come forth and tell you. And, you know, that includes, I really hate to say this, but for some people, you know, who have gotten in the therapy habit, one of the things that happens is they'll go talk to a therapist and the therapist will explore the problem with them. And in the world of therapy, as we know it, in most approaches that that we're aware of, um, the problem is always something. You know, something happened, somebody did something, you did something, something is going wrong, you know, but that's not the problem. The problem is the way we're using our thinking about whatever's going on. And, and so a lot of times people get worse and worse for a long time. And I remember that, um, you know, Dr. Pettit, when I was first learning this, one of the things he said to me is a lot of people get better when they just get sick of talking about their problems with their therapist and they stop going. And they said, it's like their wisdom tells them, you're not getting anywhere. You're, you just keep talking about the same thing over and over again. And then they, they're surprised to discover they feel better when they just stop thinking about it. Yeah, well, I think there's a couple of things that happen. One is, is that when you go into therapy, you're a little bit hopeful. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Because you think therapy is going to help you. So you go in there and you talk about what you perceive as the problem. And the therapist listens to you. That's very therapeutic to have a human being that just listens to you. However, once you get past the first couple sessions, then what? So when you don't know to teach people about mental well-being, you go to then trying to solve problems, which is a never-ending story. Because when you're living in a state of mind that's insecure, you keep coming up with problems, you actually malfunction with people, you do stupid things, you say stupid things, you hang around with other people that are in really bad moods. And so you got a lot to talk about because that's on your mind, but it doesn't actually make you better. So we used to, I think we said this on one of our podcasts, but one of the things we used to say to each other as therapists was people have to get worse before they get better, like no pain, no gain. And that's just because that's what we were doing. We we're taking people back into painful memories and they were talking about it at nauseum at times, at least for me as a therapist, and they would feel worse. And like, I remember clients would come to me and they say, I don't think I'm getting better. I don't think I'm getting worse. And I would tell them like, look, you just got to go through this. When you come through it on the other side, you'll feel better. And I had a lot of hope that that was true because that's what I was told. I actually didn't see anybody do that, mind you. I didn't see any transformation come from people kind of going through their past. But that whole idea that if I analyze myself or I control my thoughts or I do something to myself, I will become healthier. That's the illusion because it's backwards. You already are healthy and you need to stop what you're doing that's creating this other reality that you're living in. Yeah. And, you know, the other habit we get into that doesn't work out is looking for people who will sympathize. And I and I had an experience. My my husband was in the Air Force when when we were first married. And and, uh, 
we were stationed for four months one time at this base in Amarillo, Texas. And it was kind of Amarillo was kind of terrible place to be stationed. I mean, it was desert and it was kind of dirty and red dust everywhere. And and nobody really, you know, was every, everybody was going short term there, going rotating through. But it happened to be that there, we were living in an apartment complex where everybody was in the Air Force. You know, it was all just temporary housing and people went through. And there was this group of women. As soon as you got there, they'd, you know, they'd invite you to coffee. They have coffee every morning. So I said, oh, great, I'll come to the coffee. I went to the coffee. And the whole point of the coffee was to talk about how terrible everything was. And I was trying to write my master's thesis at the time. <laughs> I was thinking Amarillo would be nice, nothing to do. I would just sit in the little apartment and work on it while my husband was at work all day. And it'd be great. I could get it done. But I'd go to this meeting in the morning with the coffee and the women. And I'd get so bummed out <laughs> that I'd come back and I couldn't even start. And I said, I mean, I didn't know anything about the principles or anything, but I remember just common sense told me, stop going to this coffee. It's terrible. You know, I'd wake up feeling pretty cheerful and, you know, sun's out and he's off to work and I've got my little typewriter out. And I'm ready to go. And, <laughs> and it just wasn't working out. And I realized afterwards that commiseration is not a good thing. A lot of people think it's really helpful. You know, you just get behind, oh, yeah, that happened to me too. I really know it was terrible. And it isn't. The, the last thing you want to do is indulge your bad mood and try to work on your problem in that state of mind. And, you know, it's kind of like if you get depressed, if you, what gets on your mind is your negative thinking, then all of a sudden you just see life in a more negative way. So there's more to focus on. There's more to think about. And if you're anxious and you try to manage your thoughts, you get more anxious because you can't, because you already thought the thought, right? So it already came out. And so you're trying really hard to not freak yourself out and to manage your panic attacks or whatever it is you're doing. When you're trying like that, you're just backwards again, right? Turn around, look inside, find that quiet space, and the rest of it will fall into place. Best advice ever. <laughs> We've done it again. We've done it again. Thank One. you. Yes, thank you guys. And we will talk to you next week. See you next week. Have a great week, everyone. Aloha. Aloha. Bye bye. We hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com. 